clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. By the way, Doc, I'm sorry to have to put you on the spot like this and, and call you out, but you are no longer allowed to do PSAs. Well, like, like <laughs> I was like, hey, Doc, could you do like a little quick thing before? And you were like, it was so dry. You were like, and we were not able to schedule blah, blah, hey, man, blah. It made it know, seem like we were going I through a divorce or something. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> I did my best. You gave me very little direction. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the University of Pleasure, folks. Sorry that we missed you last week. As the doc so excitedly said at our repeat rewind episode, our schedules were just kind of all over the place and we were struggling to find that moment to connect, but we are back. Sorry for the delay. It's good to be back. It feels great. Um, And I'm sorry that I have to, again, call the doc out. I'm just a little upset with her at the moment in time um, because uh, I'm waiting for her to say happy birthday to me, but she has not. Yeah, see, this is my point. This is this is my birthday, Jeremiah. Thanks, Doc. Have to be nice to you today. Well, (laughs) now that you have a forgotten, b. (laughs) No, it wasn't in my calendar. And if it's not in my calendar, then I have no, I have no accountability to anything. I would just like to make it clear. That my birthday. How old are you? Her partner like, in crime. That's none of your business. How dare you ask 40, me that? 48, 49. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. This was my so dig at you. You can't turn it around on me. Like, what are you so doing? It doesn't matter. Jeremiah, genuinely, I'm sorry that I didn't know it was your birthday today. It's fine. I do think it's funny, though, however, we talked for mm, 30 minutes prior to hitting record, and at no point did you mention that it was your birthday. No, I had to save it. And then waited for us to hit record (laughs) to publicly humiliate me with that information. That's exactly correct. I gave you 30 minutes of conversation for you to tell me happy birthday, and you didn't. So I was like, well, it's going to happen on the air. There it is. <laughs> you were secretly hoping I'd forget so you could do this. One hundred percent. Like not even like like one hundred. Like I was like literally like, oh, my God, she's not going to remember. It's my birthday and I'm going to call her out. And it was perfection. So anyway, back to the University of Pleasure, folks. Thanks for being here. All of our millions and millions of fans out there. Excited to be back. We have a very interesting topic today. And the doc took extra care putting this one together. I did because it's complicated. So as much of what we talk about, I was going to say as much of what we talk about is very complicated. So we're going to get in. We hope everybody is doing well. We hope you are getting your vaccinations. We hope you are safe and healthy. And thank you, as always, to all of those people that help keep us safe and healthy through this crazy time. But the light is at the end of the tunnel. And hopefully we'll eventually get to a place of maybe doing some live events, which I'm super pumped about. I always do my best work live. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Anyway, enough about me, but more about me and this topic. What are you making that face for? I'm just waiting for you to proceed. Okay. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's my birthday, so I should be able to get a little... Because it's your birthday, I feel that I should sit and wait patiently. (laughs) But I reserve the right to scowl. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you do. It wouldn't be us if you didn't, Doc. Here we go, folks. Topic of the day. Revising the cheat sheet. Mix-ups, misperceptions, and morals. Rethinking infidelity. Dun-dun-dun. Right? Yeah. 
First of all, now everybody you know cheats on everybody, okay? Let me fix this right now. Everybody cheats on everybody. It just happens. It is what it is. You know, don't make a big deal out of it. And, uh, you know, if you just listen to the University of Pleasure, learn a little bit more communication. And I personally think if you do cheat, just tell the truth. And then in the end, you can both ride off into the sunset together as swingers. And then everything should be copacetic. Don't you agree, Doc? Ooh. Um, I think we should proceed with maybe talking about this topic in a more nuanced, in-depth way. Okay, fine. I guess you didn't appreciate what I brought to the table, but uh, it's my birthday, so I can say whatever the hell I want. So, nope, nope. Still rules, mm, even on your birthday. Merp, I, that's not. That's not. I don't agree. So let's talk about your fancy doctoring stuff, and uh, then we'll get back to my birthday stuff. So, talk to us. Why is this topic important past how I just fixed everything? Well, why this topic? Yes, that is a that is a good question. Uh, yeah, I mean, so infidelity is definitely something that we talk about a lot. Like culturally, we it's everywhere, right? It's like a really common favorite theme of movies, books. You see it on magazines, right? And Usually, though, we're talking about it, but in very limited ways. And not atypically, right? It's it's usually pretty pathologizing, pretty negative ways, right? And yeah. obviously, I want to be very clear because I'm going to talk a whole lot about infidelity. And sometimes people get very, very strong emotions around this topic. And that's fair and that's real because this can be something that's very hurtful. So by no means am I in this podcast condoning cheating, infidelity, suggesting that it doesn't matter or that if somebody does that, that it's not a hurtful thing. But I do think it's important to talk in a more nuanced way about why sometimes why sometimes people might struggle with fidelity, issues that can arise, right, when people are trying to cope when infidelity has happened, and also some of the really limited ways that we tend to talk about it and understand it. So you mean like something just like past, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth than like, what was that really great movie that I just, I, I love, I think it's so, so hot. And it's all about like, Richard Gere ends up killing that guy. It was really great. What movie was that? Cape Fear? No, no, no. It was, um, oh, it's going to, uh, um, oh God, it's going to come to me. Like I'm, I'm going to blurt it out like in the middle of this podcast because Diane Lane and some really like super studly French guy and then um, whoever that actor was I just said and all, all of them together and it was like super, super hot and then he killed that guy. Anyway, so we're going to talk a little bit more about it. We're not going to, we're not going to glorify it like that movie that was, did is what I'm getting at here. That was a, that was a, I really struggled to follow your synopsis. Don't you worry. I think all of our fans were with me. They know what it was. They understood. So it's okay. Great. Great. Okay. Cool. Um, Cool. Cool. So should we get back to this? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm waiting. I'm ready to be educated. Okay. I will say maybe download an IMDb app. It might help you with some of the clarity. I wasn't going to try to do that on the fly. I'm trying to stay focused on what we're talking about. (laughs) Okay. Well, back to infidelity. If if I may. Please, please do. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I think that obviously it's it's of no surprise to anyone to say that like cheating, infidelity, these are things that culturally have very negative connotations, right? Like we have pretty socially negative attitudes around this. In fact, they do these like Gallup polls like yearly about like values and things like that. Like I, I don't remember exactly like what the unfaithful unfaithful was the movie it's like like about our morals right no no but i'm saying that the the movie was unfaithful starring diane lane that's what i wanted it finally came diane lane unfaithful check it out really hot film really really hot beautiful that film and by the way diane lane if you'd like to come and be on the university of pleasure and talk about your experience in unfaithful one of my top 10 favorite movies we would love to have you please continue doc okay so, um, <laughs> it's really, I'm really trying to be birthday nice, but it's, I have a, you, you're giving me a go of it today, Jeremiah. Um, I'm trying okay. to be birthday so, nice. <laughs> they do, they do these Gallup polls, yes. uh, 
right? Where, you know, well, they pull a lot of different things, but one of the things that they'll pull is around, I don't remember exactly what they are, but like they'll pull like sort of like morality issues and topics and um, kind of year after year, especially the last like several years, you know, one of, one of the behaviors that Americans in these polls tend to see as most, as the most morally unacceptable behavior is infidelity. Really? Right? I think, yeah, I think in like above more, like like homosexuality and all the different yeah, things. Yeah, I mean, that like, it, lots of different things. I don't know. I'm I don't know exactly what you'd have to look up the poll. Please look up the Gallup polls, everyone. But um, I went on today. Actually, I prepped for this. I went on today. Well I was done. just trying to find like prevalence rates and looking at sort of like where people are at in some of these things. And you know, kind of year after year, somewhere around ninety percent of people will talk about seeing infidelity as morally unacceptable, wow. which isn't actually, and and rating it much higher than other behaviors you would assume people would see as more unacceptable. But it's not particularly surprising. Like I said, like you see that culturally in a lot of different places, but there's a bit of a a, a bit of a, a struggle there, right? Because many people see infidelity as morally unacceptable. But also, many people cheat. <laughs> right? Like I said at the beginning, everybody does it. Sorry. Well, and well, it's hard to throw around terms like everybody. Okay, but, all right, um, all right, all right. A lot of people. The, the statistics on... Not everybody, it, a lot of people. Yeah, well, the statistics on infidelity is... they're Well, they're kind of hard to pin down, and I'll talk in a, a minute about why. But in terms of, like, prevalence rates of... In, like prevalence rates of how often, like, let's say within a marriage, might there be infidelity, like on the most cons on the more conservative ends of research, you see around 20 to 25 percent. Wow. But then in other research, you might see it as high as 30 to 50 percent for men and 20 to 40 percent for women. Right. And then I've seen rates even higher than that. And so there's actually a lot of disagreement and like or sort of like they can't really pin down the number well of course they can't pin down the number because people don't want to like say that oh yeah a hundred percent i'm one of those people that did that like yeah <laughs> right. like sign me up for that gallup poll like well <laughs> yes right like so part of the reason that that it's hard to pin down those prevalence rates is what you're talking about jeremiah right like is that you know it might be seen as morally unacceptable so somebody might not want even if it's anonymous we know that from research that sometimes when people see things as morally unacceptable they don't want to acknowledge maybe not even to themselves that maybe something that they did might have been considered infidelity um and you know, the other reason that it's hard to pin down is that there are a lot of different definitions of what infidelity is. 100 percent. 100 percent. So many different things. Like when you think about like the Bill Clinton scandal, right? You know, it was oral sex. And then he tried to say, like, you know, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Right. Because and he said his his explanation, if I'm remembering correctly from this time period, it was because they didn't have uh penile like vag vaginal penetration right so that like a blowjob wasn't sex and it really wasn't infidelity and i know people that say these kind of things they're like no well, it was just a blowjob you know or like no you know i never put it in signer officially so or you know I'm, you know what i'm saying right well and a lot well and a lot of people might be like no putting inside someone is cheating right or like, right that's or, right you know, right if you, or it doesn't matter that wouldn't count uh, you know like other behaviors would count like oral or um you know people talk about emotional affairs and they consider yes. them infidelity yes. now also with the advent of obviously for the last several years more people doing more and more on the internet we also have internet behavior like yes. so for instance is someone engaging with someone on a cam that they've never met in real life is that cheating is pornography use cheating these are all by the way dialogues i have had in my office with people, with couples disagreeing about whether or not someone has or hasn't cheated. So these are well, if using pornography like makes me a cheater, I better start going apologizing to my love because. Uh... <laughs> well, I, I think that speaks more to the idea that like if people aren't open and honest about their individual sexual behaviors within a relationship. Okay, right? so okay, I'm good then. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, I think it's more about when somebody feels like someone has engaged in a behavior that somehow betrayed, right, the the trust and the sexual exclusivity of their relationship. Okay, makes sense. I'm with you. Okay. Right. And, you know, I think the other thing that also makes it hard to pin down is like, you know, different <laughs> you see different stats, right? Like so uh, like for people that are married versus people that have not been in marriages, like 
So for people that are cohabitating or um, in dating relationships, those might even be long-term relationships. You might see slightly higher rates than even within marriages. And so it's just, it's a hard number to pin down. But the point of it is there's a lot of people that have engaged in infidelity. Yes. But yet socially, when someone has engaged in infidelity, right, or kind of quote-unquote cheating, it's treated as though it is this sort of um, unique, holistically terrible, this person is awful kind of thing. Yeah. And that's oh, what yeah. I want to talk about. All right. Let's talk about that. I'm interested to, to see your thoughts on this because that's a guarantee, especially like, you know, and then you get different teams like he cheated on her and how could you like that guy is a piece of trash or like, you know, she cheated on him and she, you know, you don't, you deserve better than that woman. We should all hate her because it's just so horrible. You know, and my thing is like, I, I'm with you on this, Doc. And I'm not saying that it's not a horrible thing and it doesn't hurt people. And we don't hurt each other and all that stuff. But, you know, like, uh, is it really the most horrible thing in the whole wide world? Is it? Can we not come back from it? Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk Although about it. Right. Let's talk about that. Although to your kind of what you were saying, I do think it's important to point out that like, um, you know, when people think of cheating, they very often think of like men being, you know, like cisgender men in particular being more likely to cheat. Yes, because we uh, are dogs. But what's really interesting is when you're looking at kind of some of the prevalence data, like even that's actually hard to pin down. And you see those gendered gaps actually close uh, as like in younger age groups. So like 40 and under, there's you see the numbers starting to equal out kind of across the gender spectrum in terms of, and most of that research has been done on cisgender men and women, but that it's not just men that cheat, right? It's not just a particular gender that cheats. Agreed. It's this infidelity is an issue. In fact, that there's, you know, one study that it was even showing a greater likelihood of cheating among women if they're, if they are like perceiving themselves as unhappy in a, in a relationship. Oh, and so hear that ladies. You mind, that's a singular study. All right. Don't ever research is about replication. I want to say that, right? One study, just one. I so, only pay, like to cherry pick from studies that suit my narrative. <laughs> you know, so. interestingly, Jeremiah, people do that a lot and it can sometimes lead us to problems. Okay. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to be real. It's cool. Continue. Yeah, well. Always, always good to say that good research is uh, replication, right? Meaning good that you see Good research it. is replication, Doc's new t-shirt. <laughs> but many more people have said that before me, so I don't know that I could. Well, I mean, it's not my problem if I go like and try to get it trademarked and nobody did well, it. Well, but, so. it but it is my problem if you put my name on it, so maybe don't do that. Oh, okay, fine. Okay, I won't. Speaking, speaking of morals... Um... <laughs> 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 Continue. <laughs> um, so, you know, I do think, you know, Jeremiah, I always like to talk about, like, what what is, like, the problem, right? Like, what, I, you know me, I always like to be like, hey, if we can understand the problem better, sometimes it's easier to better understand the solution, okay? Mm -hmm. So, obviously, one of the problems that we have in this situation is that culture really, really, really dislikes cheating, but it also has a lot of people regularly engaging in it. And so Because it's sexy. I mean well, you What know, do you mean by that, by the way? What well, do you mean? Well, well what I mean is like, you know, you know, the people that I've spoken to and and even, you know, me personally, you know, when I have cheated um, before I understood what open relationships were or, or what have you, right? You know, when I was very, very, very young. And uh, you know, it was always the aspect of it was sexy because it was like tawdry or dirty or you shouldn't be doing it. It's that taboo. taboo. Thank you. Taboo. Yes. And so there was and everybody that I talk about, it, they'd be like, oh, I did it because it was just, you know, that she wanted me so bad or I wanted her so bad. And, oh, and we had to, I just couldn't. You know, we had to do it. It was just so hot. Like and, and it's not like that with my partner. And it's like, yeah, OK. Well, of course it's not because that, that that dynamic of not supposed to. Right. Right. That's the it's tawdry a, thing. Right. Yeah, it's a hot dynamic. It, so it I think, eroticism. So would you think that like a lot of people do it? Because I mean, you know, I mean, because yeah, you hear a lot of stories about like, you know, uh, you were just saying all these different studies that I wasn't listening to and they all glazed over. But, you know, the, but, you know, a lot <laughs> so of them. You spent so much time looking at things today. Thank but, you, Jeremiah. <laughs> it's not for me. It's for our listeners, Doc. It's for our listeners. Oh, okay. They Please are paying attention 100 percent. 
I have so many balls I'm juggling in the air right now as like one of the producer and like the, and the editor and the guy that's going to do all these what's, things. What's really interesting, Jeremiah, is that you're really only charged with juggling one ball, which is paying attention to what I'm saying and then asking me thoughtful questions to promote future dialogue about what's being said. This was a very thoughtful question. I just was trying to be honest and open in our dialogue with you. Gosh. Okay. So would that not be a thing that a lot of people maybe engage in this because it's taboo and tawdry? Yeah. I mean, I think that that is, that can be a reason, right? Like everything else normally that I talk about, like I think it's multi-dynamic and different people might engage in infidelity for different reasons. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Okay. So then let's talk about, as you were saying before, the problem. Like, so what is the problem? What, what gets okay. this ball rolling? How about that? <laughs> Okay. Thank you, Jeremiah. You're welcome. Um, so, like I said, we have a culture that really, really dislikes cheating, but we have a number of people that have regularly engaged in cheating, mm -hmm. right? Or have engaged with cheating. And so what that creates is this discrepancy, right? And that discrepancy between like people really feeling like something is terrible, but also commonly struggling with it. What that's going to create is a lot of shame. And it often creates a lot of isolation. And that isolation is very important. So as somebody that does a lot of clinical work with infidelity, right? Like mm -hmm. I might see someone who's been cheated on or who's struggling with cheating or many couples where that's been an issue, right? And this is a really common reason for people to enter therapy. It That isolation, I really can't underscore it enough, right? About how much distress that can create because, and it doesn't matter either direction. Let's say you're the person who's been cheating, right? Well, the world is routinely talking about well, what a piece of shit you are, right? right? Right. So you, good luck listening to a country station for longer than 20 minutes, right? <laughs> like, you know, there's going to be a song about why, you know, it'd be socially acceptable to shoot you. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's, it's pretty harsh, right? Good luck going to the grocery store without seeing something splashed on a magazine or watching a TV show. And then for the person who might have been cheated on, right? We have this sort of cultural narrative that if you are, especially if you're somebody that's trying to stay and work it out with someone, which by the way, many people do stay and yes, don't they leave. Do. Not everybody, but many people do. But those individuals often are very isolated because of this cultural idea that if someone stays, well, then they're an idiot or they're weak or there's something really wrong that drives with them. Me, that stay. drives me crazy. That drives me crazy. And I want to hear you talk more about this because like, tr truthfully, truthfully, if two people want to work it out because infidelity has occurred on either end, right? And, and I think that takes guts. Man, that's hard work. It's hard work to come o to overcome the feeling of betrayal, isolation, all these things that you're talking about. Like to me, like a couple that gets together, that they stay together. Uh, I think that's I think that is a very very powerful thing. And and so shame on the shamers. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. I, but I think that you know part of it is like this is like it's really hard. You know, if you get a lot of messaging that the person you're with that cheated is a monster, then like, who are you for staying with that monster? Right? Like, what does that mean about you? Mm -hmm. And what happens is, and I'm going to use a fancy psychological term, right? <gasps> is it, it creates something that is called like when something's ego dystonic, right? When something is ego dystonic, right? What that means is it doesn't match with who you believe you are, right? So let's say that you think that you're like a really strong, assertive person that would never let anyone like take advantage of you or cheat on you or whatever. Right. But now all of a sudden you have this person that you really love and you really cared about, like care about, but who's also hurt you really badly and you want to stay. Right. And so and if people that stay are weak and you don't see yourself that way, that creates an internal tension. Ooh. Right. For folks. Wow. Yeah, for sure. And so. You know, a lot of times those are really big conflicts for people because, you know, if you see yourself as like strong, assertive or whatever it is, or like maybe, you know, when you've theoretically talked about it with friends or whoever in your life and or watched movies and been like, oh, somebody cheated on me. I'd never stay. Fuck that person. I'm out. Right. Right. But now that's the thing. It's really easy to say those things and make those like gross generalizations in theory. But when you're in that situation, that's a totally different set of like psychological rules, right? Because yeah, now it's personal. Yeah. Right. And and often, you know, that's a really big struggle. Because, because... You know, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. And, yeah. and I want a genuine question here. Like, 
how do I put it in the right words? Like, but isn't that like a thing? Like in, in in life in general, it's like people don't really understand someone else's experience until it happens to them, and everybody can make all these grand judgments until it happens to them. Like it's all good yeah. as long as it doesn't happen to you, you know. And you can make all these really grand just like you know, oh yeah, I'd never stay with somebody who do that to me. Like f that. Like you know what? That you know, until it happens to you, how could you be the one to make that kind of judgment? And that right. that, that that kind of Anyway, I don't even know where I'm going with that. It just—it was yeah, something it's just, that. Yeah, it's just—it's a comment. I mean, but it's—it's it's real, right? And our behaviors, the way that we feel about our behaviors, or the way that we feel about how things have happened, you know, some of those feelings are really influenced by some of that stuff, right? Like because people do talk about those things, and we—we we do when things are theoretical tend to engage in a lot of black and white thinking. Yes. And it's not until we get into a situation that we realize, oh. This is much more complicated. Of course it is because right. you're living. It's <laughs> right. much more nuanced and you're in it. But, but you know, these are very real things. So, you know, if I talk about maybe like I think about some of the couples that I've worked with over the years, by the time I see people, let's say someone has cheated and someone's trying, they're trying to work it out. And so the person who's been cheating on is, is thinking of staying or they've decided they want to stay. Usually when I see people, they haven't told anybody. They are very isolated with this information, not always, but very often. The person who's been cheated on hasn't told anyone because they don't want to look like a fool, right? And or like weak or a sucker. And the person who's cheated doesn't want to tell anyone for all the obvious reasons, of right? Course. right? Right, right, We do right. not see cheaters in a great light, right? Correct. And so then it creates this really difficult couples dynamic because the only people that they have to talk to with each other and get empathy from are each other. each other, right? Right, and that's a lot of extra tension when they're already trying to maybe work on like betrayals of trust and things like that. And so one of the first things that I have couples do is I say, "You got to talk to somebody." Like you, both of you, you, you have to talk to somebody. And usually the responses are like, "Oh no, absolutely not." And I'll talk about why. And I usually will tell people like, "I'm going to tell you right now, if you go and you talk to somebody." I promise you, and you start talking to people about what's going on, people are going to come out of the woodwork and they're going to say, ah, I've cheated or I've been cheated on. Yeah, you won't feel so alone. You'll feel, yeah. Because there are so many people that have been through this. And I am telling you, it's anecdotal, but I do not even know how many people I have given this like assignment to and they come back and they're like, oh my God, you were right. Like people have been like, "My, my mom my sister, my brother, my best friend. Like I just found out that my parent, like a lot of people find out their parents went through. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> process. Right. Like, and so what that does is it starts to help reduce shame uh-huh. because people don't feel like they're the worst person in the world because they know that maybe someone else has struggled in the same way, or people don't feel like they're a fool or, you know, for staying right. Like, sure. and it really sure. helps people maybe get out of this like kind of very limited bubble that we put them in when something like this has happened. And, you know, it's just, and and so I I really, if anyone listening is carrying some of these secrets, think about talking to people about it. Now, I would not pick your most judgmental friend that has a tendency to be very black and white about things, right? Yeah. Know your audience, pick people that you trust, pick people that are a little closer to you because you more it's very rare i have anyone come in and say well that blew up in my face right i actually can't think of it has it happened ever in the history of time i'm sure but you know no risk no reward but very uncommonly do people come in talking about anything but support from the people that they love right i wouldn't blast it on facebook because you're just going to get a lot of vitriol back and maybe unhelpful feedback yeah you know putting it out on like twitter and social media facebook all that jazz um by the way uh Please like, share, and subscribe to all the University of Pleasure stuff. Um, but anyway, probably is not the most helpful thing to do. You know, talking to like a dear friend, I think, is what you're saying here, right? Like talking to somebody yeah. that you trust, that you have good yeah, communication pick, pick with. Your, yeah, pick people in your inner circle yeah, first. There you go. Right. Because you do want it. I want I want it to be a helpful experience for folks and to increase the odds of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And now, listen, we're going to take a break here. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to talk about why is infidelity such a common struggle? Because it is common through all these things that you've talked about, right? So the doc is going to unpack some of these nuggets of info 
when we come back. And we're back. Why is infidelity such a common struggle? The doc is going to unpack it. I'm actually genuinely intrigued to learn about why. Past the fact that I think it's really hot and unfaithful, the movie's really great, and the things we talked about earlier. But I genuinely want to know, like, why it is such a common thing. So hit me with the knowledge, doc. Right. Well, I think you hit on one of them. One is that the taboos. We've kind of already talked about that, right? Like Super the taboo, which you're not supposed to do, is very erotic. However, that would be a reason. Some of the other ones is, I think the biggest one is that um, monogamy is hard. It is super hard. It is very, very hard. Okay. Yeah, well, and you know, to be fair, it's harder for some than others, right? Some people find monogamy to be a little bit more easeful. But in general, right, especially when you're talking about long-term relationships, you know, sometimes when people get together and they decide to commit to a relationship, they might be kind of young, right? And so it's really easy in those kind of like headspaces to be like, yeah, I totally can do that. But, you know, the psychology or like what you've committed to, like, and your feelings about it might change over the course of 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, right? right. And it's, <laughs> we don't all stay the same and feel the exact same ways all the time and so sometimes you know it, it, it's it's hard to know exactly how you might feel and again so much changes and evolves in life that um it you know it's just a bit of a struggle it is a struggle and you know like i've had i've had struggles w with monogamy myself not not in the respects of cheating per se however I have struggled in the way that, you know, when I started in this the way, lifestyle and all this other stuff, it was kind of hard. You know, when I was going to go into a new relationship, I was like, I don't know if I can put that genie back in the bottle. I was kind of afraid of it, right? And so, you know, I, I could feel how it could be just, you know, folks in their everyday lives that maybe haven't experienced the lifestyles or uh, E&M or poly and all that other stuff. I, it would be a challenge because, look, marriage and stuff, it's work, man. These things work. <laughs> you got to put in the time. It's hard. It's hard, Doc. I agree with you is all I'm saying. Right. Well, and, you know, it's also sort of like, I mean, just to get a little nerdier about it, like if you if you think about like how biologists define monogamy, like monogamy would be defined biology by biologists as something like like monogamy is like having only one sexual partner for your entire lifespan. That's monogamy. Wait, that's what right? that's what scientists say. That's what like biologists. That's how they would define monogamy. That's right? madness. And, Right. So that's not actually statistically that many people, at least not anymore. Right. And so really, when people talk about monogamy, often what they're talking about is sexual exclusivity. Right. Right. right like right, being right, right. sexually exclusive to the partner that you're seeing specifically. Okay. Right. Makes sense. And, you know, I, I think the other and we kind of hinted to this, but in many different ways, but just to really label it, I think one of the other really things things that makes monogamy really difficult or can result in instances of people feeling like infidelity has occurred is that we have horny a getting really, really horny. Well, that, but also okay. I, that I I mean. we have a, a vague definition of what monogamy might mean, right? Like there's a lot of different ways to interpret that, you know, as you, know, you might have one person that might be like, oh, hey, it's uh, totally acceptable to, you know, people will talk about like their work wives or work husbands or work partners, right? Like, you know, like it's totally acceptable to have like a flirtatious uh, relationship with somebody at work, you know, but someone else might call that emotional affair, right? Or what? No, hang on a second. Hang on a second. That's not, what? wait, what? I'm telling you that different people have different definitions of what like monogamy and fidelity mean to them oh, there's so many right? gray like areas like, like that's not a thing i mean if you got a flirtatious thing it's that's just it's like the old <laughs> adage that we always say here at the university of pleasure it doesn't matter where you get your appetite as long as you eat at home you know what i'm saying doc you know that's nothing we've ever said here i actually. feel like we have maybe <laughs> right uh no because that's not a thing to you right but that doesn't Ugh. mean that that's not a thing to other people like you All know right. Something like, you know, like I, I've mentioned before, like some people might feel like their partner using pornography is cheating. I mean, that's those are actual dialogues I've had in my office. 
you know, a lot of times when I've had dialogues with people around infidelity, you know, there are certain cases in which people will come in and they'll be like, this was absolutely infidelity and both partners are in agreement. You know, the person that did the cheating and the person that was quote unquote cheated upon. But there are also a whole lot of other cases that come in where part of the conflict is about was it infidelity or not? So basically right? what because you're saying, well, if pornography means I cheated on my wife, I have a lot of sins to make up for. Is I mean, like a lot. Yeah, I mean, like, there. I think really the point of it is that, like, people need to probably, like, one of, one of the things that people can really start thinking about is, like, have you, like, if you're in a partnership, have you and your partner really talked about what, monogamy means to you and like how you actually define that or what fidelity means to you because i should say this like you know infidelity is absolutely something that can happen in um you know uh, ethical non-monogamous or consensual non-monogamous relationships as well right, right? well so, it can happen anywhere i think i think it could happen right, in any like, relationship Right. It's not just about monogamy. Right. Like, so we've talked about like polyamorous or open relationships or swinging. Right. Like people have like rules, boundaries, things that feel like a commitment, fidelity to them. Right. And it's totally possible to violate those things and for people to feel betrayed and to feel like someone has engaged in infidelity. I have seen many couples where they had an open or poly relationship and they're still talking about issues of infidelity. So I do want to be clear that it's not just about monogamy. It's also about like fidelity. And what does that mean? Okay. There's a lot of vagueness in that. There is a lot of vague. I mean, listen, I mean, listen, you speak in gray, like you speak in the language of gray. Like I don't even, there's so many gray areas that I'm always like, man, you think something so, you know, black and white and realize that it is totally not. It is gray all over, all over the place, man. No, it's not. And, and you know, I don't even, like I said, like there's there's been a lot of a lot of sessions that I've had over conflict, right? Like I, you know, I, I can think about like things around like, hey, is engaging with someone on a cam, right? Like, like we think about online behavior, right? Like yeah. stuff starts to get even more complicated. Like is someone like masturbating to a real life person on a cam, you know, or like only fan site, but like they're not meeting them in person. Is that infidelity? I don't know. But here's what I do think. People should probably talk about it. <laughs> yeah, they should. Yeah, they should. Doc. They should probably talk about what. Would you be okay with that? Is that something that you would consider right to start having? Yeah, those and probably type of have the conversation before the act. So, like, if you're planning to masturbate on cam with somebody, you probably want to have the conversation of, do you consider that cheating before? Would you agree? Like, before you do the act? Yeah, I recommend. I I think it's best not to assume. Yes, I right. agree. I agree. Now, my right. question for you then, Doc, would be, who are these perpetrators of the cheating? Who cheats? <laughs> who cheats, right? Like, that is that is a very good question, Jeremiah. Thank right? you very much. Because we have a lot of sort of cultural stigma, right? Mm -hmm. So I, would just, I just want to say out loud that not everyone that cheats is a narcissistic sociopath, which is <laughs> if you have watched yeah. any, any kind of media or magazines or songs that is sort of the way that we have maybe um blanketly sort of described cheaters right right and it's very problematic for a variety of reasons like don't get me wrong there are some people who cheat that are like that quintessential 80s villain right that's got like the sweater tied around his shoulder and is like has a rich father and is right you know I mean? right right like you know, I have had so many clients over the years that have cheated or engaged in infidelity in some kind of way that are really good people that have found themselves just in circumstances they didn't expect to. And it it's a really it's a really easy thing as a human being to to find yourself in a set of situations or a set of circumstances and for those things to just kind of like build and coalesce upon themselves and suddenly you're making choices and engaging in behaviors that you literally never thought you would. Right. Yep, yep. And I have had so many clients in my office who have engaged in infidelity, who will say things like, I have no idea how I got here. Right. And they're caring people and they're thoughtful people. And, you know, and then there's some people well, listen, that are I, having. I, and I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry, Doc. But, but truthfully, I, I have many friends who have told me like, 
I don't even know how it happened. Like, I, I genuinely don't know. Like, I was in a situation. It's never anything I fantasized about. It's never anything I wanted. And I was presented with this option. And it was just like an out-of-body experience. I just went with it. And then afterwards, I was like, how did I even end up here? How did I, And then they felt terrible about it and, you know, all these other things. So that's a real thing. Like, that just kind of, yeah. yeah. Right. And, and again, like, you know, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean that, like, then that person bears no responsibility for that choice. Nobody's right? saying that here. No way. Right. But but it, I, I do think it is far too broad sweeping to, you know, like, <laughs> like uh, there's so much. There, statistically, by the way, there are not as many narcissists as people throw that word around or, <laughs> right? like, or psychopaths. <laughs> right. Um, we tend to throw it around. But, like, I, I think. You know, when we look at those statistics that we talked about earlier, obviously this is a struggle and a thing that a lot of people struggle with. And not all of those people, right, when we look at some of those percentages, those are high percentages. And not all of those people are like harmful, uncaring people that don't give a crap about anybody but themselves. We we all have weakness and we are all capable of hurting ourselves and hurting our other hurting others and sometimes in ways that are not intentional, right? And, but do end up still being very hurtful. And, you know, they always, they kind of talk about, you know, in, in psychology, you know, there's been like research on wisdom and stuff. And, and when you look at sort of the concept of wisdom and what are some of the things that go into wisdom, one of the big elements is like really having an awareness of your weaknesses and sort of almost an acceptance of them. Because the more that we try to pretend that, right, like we don't have weaknesses, only strengths, then the more sort of vulnerable in certain ways that makes us to fall into traps or make choices that we'd really rather not be making. So basically what you're saying is I'm super wise because I uh, can admit my weaknesses and I'm humble enough to know that I have certain weaknesses. So basically what you're saying is like I'm like as wise as like a shaman kind of a thing. Like I'm like the, the medicine man. I'm like I'm the guy that has the knowledge because I'm so I have so many weaknesses that I embrace. And because I'm so humble and I can look to them, that my wisdom is like off the scale. Is that Remember right? when I said that narcissism isn't statistically as high as people think? <laughs> <laughs> There's still some cases of it. Some. I just want to say that. Some. I'm not going to say who. <laughs> I'm just going to say that that also is something that does exist for some folks. For anyway. some people. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, so what I do mean, we do then, Doc? Well, can I just say one one thing though? Like, okay. What, many more things, but really about like morals and idea, like morals and ideals, right? Like these are practices. Okay. Yeah. These are not things that we can like magically wave a wand and just suddenly be good at. And a lot of times, we will often fail at our values or fail at our morals. And it's more about like how do you get back on track? Right. Like it's going to be very rare that someone moves across their lifespan and maybe it's not with infidelity, but it in some kind of way behaves in a way that's not congruent with their morals. Right. Like right. nobody's capable of that level of perfection. And I just want to say that out loud. I also can I just talk about some myths. Yeah. Right? Get, get, let's, let's do some myths. This is going to be like a myth busters episode. Let's yeah, do let's it. Do a little myth busting, OK. I want to say this. And this is more about that. Who cheats? If somebody cheats on you, that doesn't necessarily mean that they don't love you or that they don't find you attractive, uh, or the person they attracted or that they cheated with you on is, or people are more attractive to them. I mean, potentially that could be the case, but also again, countless people I have talked to who have engaged in infidelity are actively maybe sitting in my office talking about how much, how much they love their partner and can't believe that they jeopardized it through some of these choices, sure. right? Sure, sure, sure. Sometimes people feel conflicted and they also have real feelings for a person that they had an affair with, right? Like there's all sorts of different iterations, but I think assuming like this gross sort of blanket assumption, you, you can, y'all can tell that I don't like those generally speaking, yes, right? That is true. Yes. I can <laughs> like, attest to that. A, right. Like, but an assumption that somebody cheating on someone else means that they just don't love them. I would say is, is patently false, right? Like, again, maybe in certain cir circumstances, there is some major relational issues that have occurred and somebody's struggling with the same level of affection and love for a partner, and that's part of what leads to infidelity. But I, there are a whole lot of other cases of somebody cheating or having struggles with fidelity in which it doesn't have anything 
to do with that. And it has to do with some other factors. Um, somebody, another myth, somebody cheating doesn't mean that they are a quote unquote sex addict. <laughs> just, I'm if sorry. You, I don't mean to giggle, but it just it always makes me think of Will Ferrell in Blades of Glory. He was like, I'm a sex addict. It's, it's a real disease. Doctors and everything. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, on another podcast, we have much more time. We can talk about sort of some of the debate about even the idea of sexual addiction, but we do not have time for that today. Yes, um, continue. But there, like, if you were to like, let's say somebody was to go on Google and be like, you know, who cheats, what kind of people cheat, you're going to see things like sex addict thrown around all of the time. Right. And so what might happen is like, there might be infidelity and then I'll have a couple show up in my office and a partner's convinced that their partner who maybe had an affair with a singular person is a sex addict. Right. Like, no, that's not, you know, like I said, the people's reasons and motivations for infidelity might are so multivaried that that's a very limited sort of um, construction of why somebody might engage in that behavior. Also, as an aside, we'll talk about it in a future episode. I promise sex addiction in itself is sort of limited in it in in the way that maybe people talk about it. And, you know, it is a, it's a hotly contested idea. But again, we don't have time. Clearly, it's tempting me, but we don't have time to talk. I about know, that. seriously, but, you're like it's like you're like reaching for a candy bar. You're like, I refuse, mm, but I really kind of want to take a bite. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's convoluted, and it's a rabbit hole that we can't go down. But it it's a complex dialogue. All right. All right. Um, Maybe one for a roundtable episode, Doc. Huh? It, it would be. Oh, that would be. Let's write that down. 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 That's an excellent one for a roundtable. That's what we're gonna do it then. Excellent dialogue idea. Dialogue around the concept of sex addiction is very complicated and like nearly everything else we talk about does not have like straight answers, but important things for people, I think, to understand. Um, the other reason I bring that up is like some, you know, there are some folks out there that maybe part of their infidelity has been like maybe using sex to cope um, in ways that are not helpful. Right. Yeah, or so they this might is another myth you're saying. This is another myth. No, like this is just kind of an extension of that, right? Okay, like there are folks. So I'm, I, I don't want to say like that some folks that cheat aren't actually legitimately struggling with like managing their sexual behaviors, right? Like they mm -hmm. feel like they have out of control sexual mm -hmm. behaviors. That is some people that cheat. Is that the broad majority? Probably not, right? right? Right, And so that's just more what's important. And like I said, the other myth that I already said is – I kind of already busted this one, which is the idea that consensual non-monogamy can still have infidelity within yes, it. Yes, it can. 100%. Open, an open relationship, despite many open relationship, consensual non-monogamy, polyamory, swinging, we've talked about this before, is not just like a free-for-all. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And if that's if what you're trying think. to get into an open relationship or swinging because you think that that's what it's going to be, I'm going to tell you right now, that's probably not going to be very sustainable. No, it's totally not. It's totally myth. It, it, the funny thing is there's more rules in that world than I think, you know, in some other aspects oh, of it. You know. Communicate so oh, much it's more. so much more. It's really, really, really hard Trust me, I know. It's hard. It's hard stuff. All right, so, Doc, what do we do? What do we do? Okay. Well, I think the first thing to say is even though it would be lovely if, that I could tell people, well, here's how to prevent infidelity from happening and getting hurt, the reality is I can't, right? Like, we've talked about this a no. lot. Life gets messy sometimes, it right? Yep. If you're living a big, fruitful life, right? Like, you're going to get hurt sometimes. Why? Because you're taking healthy risks, and that's just a part of that healthy risk-taking. And so I don't think that there's ways to prevent that from happening for all the reasons that we just, like, ways to, like, inevitably, like, like, to invariably prevent that from happening, like, foolproof things. But I do think that there are some things that could maybe help a little bit along the way, right? One, we always talk about, but, you know, really starting and, and, and we, you know, communication, but one of the things like more specifically around what does fidelity mean in your relationship? What does monogamy mean in your relationship? And that's not probably a one-time conversation. That's probably like a ongoing dialogue. It should be, you know what, this, this should be something that is in basic education for like relationships. You know what I mean? It's like back in the day you had to go meet your priest or your pastor and like talk about what it was to be married times are changing peeps okay so now you should go and talk to somebody like the doc and sit down and say hey what is a conversation that should continue throughout our relationship and this is one of those things because like we've already said you know like you know what does monogamy mean to you like it should be something because yeah, that could evolve that could evolve down the line and you it don't know if you don't have a com what's that 
It absolutely can evolve. That's right. I mean, and if you don't have conversations, you you could be someone like me who's going to have to get off of this episode and go beg his wife for forgiveness for the years of porn watching because I didn't know that I could possibly be cheating on her if, you know, based on what the doc is saying. But so, if you but two if, talked about that and that doesn't fall within something that feels like uh, infidelity to her or a betrayal of trust to her, well, then it doesn't matter. Then well, we're going to talk about it now because, uh, you know, there could be years of issues. So anyway, the point is... <laughs> I know the... your wife and I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> so the point is, I think it's a great thing to have a continuous dialogue about that. You know, what does this mean? What are your thoughts on it? You know, if we're jerking off on a camera with somebody, does that mean I'm a cheater if I just find somebody sexy? Like, what is it? Good, yeah, good callback. That's a good you. thing. Yeah, if you check stuff out before you do it, it might mean that you don't do the thing, which, you know, sometimes is why people don't check it out because they want to do the thing, right? But it also means that you might be saved the consequence of losing other things that you really do want, like, you know, a trust. Yeah, a trust, Sometimes even if you have to give up one thing, if you have trust, you might be able to get many more things right that's exactly Lots right that's exactly right or you right. might work towards more things right but without that trust piece it starts to get a lot trickier to get those you know um so it's it's you know it's kind of a shortcut to getting your needs met to be like eh, i don't want to talk about it. don't want to have the conflict so i'm just going to do it right but that shortcut often blows up in people's face yeah it never goes and well so, long term yeah uh, this one's really gonna this this is a hard sell and i I say it because I think it's very useful, but it is a hard sell. Letting it, so another tip would be letting it be okay in your relationship to talk about struggles with fidelity or monogamy. Whoa, 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 hang on a second. What? <laughs> what? Wait a yeah. minute. So let's say hypothetically you're having a hard time, right? Or you're having urges to go out and to do something with somebody or to engage in behaviors that are outside of the commitments that you've made, letting it be okay to bring that up. And what I mean by that is that you and your partner are working to be like, this is a safe space where you're not going to be punished for talking about those things. Can you see my face right now? I'm sorry. My, like, I, I have like cartoon jaw. Like I just like, like my jaws. Like, I, I don't even know. Uh, use your words, Jeremiah. So I want to be clear. You're saying, hey, you know, honey, I've been thinking, this is me role-playing, by the way, but, you know, like, uh, was struggling a little bit with the possibility that maybe I might want to, I'm struggling with my fidelity, maybe I want to cheat, I don't know, but I want to talk to you about it before I go and do that, and you're saying that's going to build the trust well, I think factor? I do it a little more. Probably. I think a different way to do that would, I mean, essentially, but probably maybe a more mm, uh, verbally uh, thoughtful way to do that would be like, I'm having a hard time with some of the commitments that we've made around being sexually exclusive. Oh, like, man, that just that makes my that makes my 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 behind pucker out of just sheer nerves like like that's right. Well, and that's why it's a hard sell. But. But I you recommend you play, this. I trust your judgment. I want you to play this out. Would you rather be having a dialogue about that or a dialogue about, oh, you found what on my cell phone? Oh, all of it's bad. <laughs> but no, one, you are right. One, you hang on. You, you are right. One, you, you are right. Butterflies in your stomach can make you nervous. The other will have the whole floor drop out from underneath you when you realize that your partner has just discovered that you've cheated or that you've broken some type of commitment to fidelity and is looking at you like you just broke their heart. Oh, God. Oh, man. And anyone that's listening that's ever been found out or has found out knows the exact feeling. That that just made me genuinely, like, made my heart break because it's a real thing and so many people have gone through that. I know I have gone through it. And I tell you, you sold me, Doc, on that. I mean, that that is it, is it is a hard sell, and I see why it's a hard sell, because it makes me go, telling them ahead of time that you're thinking about it. But then again, to be the position that I was in where I, I had that look on my face of, how could you do this to me? I, you know, it's, uh, that makes, I think I would have rather had the prior conversation. Well, and it works much better. If 
as a couple, you agree. I, I would say that to an individual, you know, think about sharing if that's something you really are struggling with and try to talk about it and find alternative solutions or ways to cope with that. But as a couple, what would make that much easier for people to go to each other is if you sort of try to work on some mutual agreements around like, we want to be these people. We want to work to be these people that can be that vulnerable with each other and not punish one another for doing that. Right. Like a thought is just a thought. Right. Yeah. You say that a all the time. Is just a thought. But, you know, and so I'm not saying I don't want people to be like policing their thoughts obsessively. Like, oh, my God, I had a thought about a person, a coworker at work and I thought they were hot. I need to go home and tell my spouse. Like, no, I'm talking about like I'm having a lot of thoughts. I'm having strong urges. I'm actually having a really hard time with this. That's what I'm talking about, right? Wow. It's normal to have occasional fleeting thoughts of those kind of things. And do you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, yeah. finding other people attractive and whatnot. Like that's normal. That's called being human. But, right. That's just called like, you know, monogamy is hard or fidelity is hard depending on your relational structure. It's sometimes hard to follow the rules. But, you know, there's a difference between being like, oh, I really want to like this happens to me every time I go into a place where there's like a lot of like, like glass figurines. I'm always like, Oh, I want to smash that so bad. <laughs> and, I have, and I have like a real, like visceral, like, like maybe intrusive thought of doing that. But there's, that's very different than me just like grabbing a glass swan and smashing it on the ground. <laughs> right. Like I can have that thought and control it. Right. It, if, we if shall a, see the next right. time you come over here and I've prepped a bedroom for you in our house and it's full of okay. glass figurines. You know what I would do? If the urges got too big, I'd be like, I'm not staying in this room. Right? Like, <laughs> because, but, but that's my point. Like, you can have all sorts of thoughts and not behave on them. Right. But if you're starting to get, like, if I'm legitimately, this is a stupid example and I know it is, but if I'm legitimately like, I'm going to break this one, I'm going to break this one, I'm going to leave the store. There you All go. right. I'm not going to keep tempting fate. I'm going to intervene. And so what I'm talking about is intervening. But what can make that a lot easier is if as a couple, you said, let's not punish each other for that. Right. Like, let's and I'm not saying that's easy. By the way, what I'm talking about is very, very hard, but super worth it. Because, yep. again, you know, sometimes you have crappy option B, like, you know, crappy option A and crappy option B, like choose your least crappy option, yep. right? Agreed. And I will tell you, difficult conversations are just difficult and you can get through them much harder to get through betrayal. Agreed. Agreed. So what happens when betrayal happens then, Doc? How right. do we get and past that? Can't. Lots of people do. They they work through stuff and often come out with stronger relationships on the other side because they've sorted a lot of stuff out. But, you know, if you don't have to go through it, maybe get to that other side without the pain and agony of that, is all I'm saying. All right. Well, what do you do if somebody has cheated or been cheated on? What do we do then? Well, so if if, if someone is cheated, right, or they've been, so we're, that was more about prevention, right? If someone's cheated or has been cheated on, first things first, if you're someone that's been cheated on, stop going on the internet to understand what's happening, okay? Don't WebMD it. <laughs> right? It's a, you know, in certain ways, sure, it can be helpful, but in other ways, it's a real rabbit hole and it's going to be, you know, people talking about it in like, this is why, or this is why. And some of that might apply. Some of it might not apply at all, but all it's going to do is create a lot of noise. Okay. Uh, and this is for anyone, whether you've cheated, been cheated on, or you're, str you're struggling, if you're struggling with it, right. Get a therapist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You need it. You need to get help. Go right. see someone yep. like the doc, folks, because I'll tell you right now, you know, the cool thing about therapy, and I'm a huge advocate of it, obviously, I go myself, and, you know, it, 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 having somebody like the doc that you can sit down and talk with who is impartial, who isn't a friend, who isn't, you know, uh, your mom. Doesn't have any particular skin in the game. No other skin than in the game. Figure it out. That's right. And their job is only to help. That's all. That's it. And I tell you, it is so valuable. And I really do hope if those out there who have that kind of heartbreak or have cheated and have heartbreak because of it or whatnot, so on and so forth, all of the different versions of that, go find someone to talk to because it can consume you and, and tear you up. And, and someone like that can really help. The doc is brilliant, as you can tell. So go find somebody like the doc. 
I think the other piece of this, and this is, you know, getting a therapist is one, and this kind of reflects back to some of the stuff I was talking about at the beginning of the episode is start talking to people, people you can trust, people in, you know, your inner circle, right? Because you're not as as alone as you think. And it, and it might seem like, you know, like we said, like we were kind of talking about earlier in the episode, like that seems like a really big risk to take, but you know, and I can't make you any guarantees, right? But more often than not, I mean, and I mean way, way, way more often than not, I have clients that do that, come back and talk about how relieving it is, right? Like, because they realize they're not so alone. Isolated. They realize huh? they don't, they realize they're not alone. They don't feel right. isolated anymore, right? I mean, that's, that's a really great place to start because, I mean, truthfully, you know, it's so many things that we talk about, you know, things about sex and everything. We make a lot of jokes here at the University of Pleasure, but truly, you know, so many of this stuff can make you feel isolated. In many other episodes, we've talked about that same thing, like, you know, wants, desires, this, that. But here, here's another really great example. If you talk to somebody who's a friend, you know, you might find that, yeah, I did that. Or, you know, my mom did that. Or so, you know, like some right. something that, you know, makes you feel less alone, which is key. Right. Well, and, and here's also the thing that is a caveat about talking to other people about it. Uh, one, you know, talk to people you trust. And, <laughs> yeah, and, well, yeah. You know, if, if you're... I think a lot of times if someone's been through it, um, they might have an easier time giving you some advice or feedback. But, you know, a lot of times people when they don't know what to do to help because someone's having like advice giving is like a really common thing people do. And sometimes that's helpful. But I always say that, like, be really thoughtful about, you know, when you when people give you advice, they're operating from their own experience. So they're telling you what they would do. Right. That's right. Or what they did yep. or what they feel like or what they believe they would do, right? Especially if they haven't been through it. There, it's very easy to have all sorts of theoretical, like we've talked about, theoretical vibrato. Well, I would never stay. You should leave, blah, blah, blah. Or I would, you know what I mean? Like all sorts of, you know, kind of bold statements, right? But the reality is, is that this is not their life, right? It's your life. And you might have, and sometimes in certain cases, some really difficult decisions to make, right? Like some people have affairs and fall in love with the person that they're having an affair with. And, you know, that's a really difficult situation for all sorts of reasons for all the parties involved. And, you know, that's part of this, like, you know, if you're in complex scenarios like that, we talk about like getting a therapist, getting help, because there, there is a lot of stuff at the end of the day that you might have to go with your own gut on, right? That's right. Like what feels right to you? You might have a lot of people in your world, let's say you've been cheated on, telling you to go. But what you really want to do is stay or vice versa. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's your life, not theirs. And they're giving you opinions based on their lives. Yeah. Right? And that's why I always tell people, you know, when I've talked to friends about this exact topic, I always say, listen, I support you if you go. I support you if you stay. I support you if you want to move on or you want to be. I mean, I try what, to be as important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, you know. Again, that's why it's always good, though, to still go talk to somebody who's completely impartial, like a therapist. So let's wrap it up, Doc. Give them a synopsis here. Right. Well, I mean, I just I think just on a more hopeful kind of note, right, like people do and can get through infidelity. Right. But it is work. Right. It's a lot of work when yes, I do therapy with people and it's hard. And usually it takes like if, if it's a couple situation and people are trying to stay together, both parties have to do work. Yes, they including do. Including the person that was cheated on. And sometimes they, they're they like, you did this. This is on you. But the reality is, is like, you know, if somebody cheats and you're going to stay together, you, you can't punish them forever for that. And I promise you, it's going to be no relationship. It's not it's not going to be the relationship you want. And it's going to feel, you know, resentments are things that you carry with you. It's That's a weight right. on your back. Yeah. Right. And that doesn't mean that you don't get to have them. Figuring out how to resolve them over time is really important. And so, you know, if you're going to go and try to work on maybe staying in a couple or in a partnership where someone has had infidelity, like that hurts real, that resentment might be real, that betrayal might be real, but both people, or I don't know, maybe it's a, a, a triad, right? But three people, whoever's involved, like everyone is going to have to do work. And that's very important. I can't say that enough because sometimes that feels really unfair, right? Like it feels really unfair to maybe a person that's been cheated on to be like, well, why should I have to do the work? You're the one that cheated. But it won't. Sometimes what's fair is not what actually will work in the long run that's and be right. most beneficial in the long run. So, you know, it is a lot of work. I see people get through it. 
but it really does require a lot of vulnerability, willingness to both forgive yourself, forgive others. It's <laughs> right? a lot. It's, I mean, it's hard. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. I mean, and again, it's every person's choice to make, right? Like some people find ways to do this because like it, it really feels important that they stay together or they get through these things. And some people can't because it, it feels like it was too damaging or that it's just not something that they can move on from. All of those options are okay right? Like there is no right way to behave. So if someone tells you that there is a right way to behave, they're talking about what they think and not necessarily what applies to maybe you and your life. And so really more than anything, I always like to encourage people, this stuff can happen. There's lots of things that you can do to try to maybe help I don't know, prevent it's the right word, but maybe help kind of ease the path, right, to better understandings about what, like, fidelity and monogamy means. But overall, you know, part of it is also just trusting in your own resiliency. But hard, difficult things can happen, and most people are very resilient and can find ways through. Yeah, and, you know, the one thing we talked about offline that I know you you briefly mentioned here was – a lot of the work you said you saw a lot of people do work through fidel- infidelity and they often come out even stronger with a better line of communication. Yeah. And so there's still hope if that happened. And so we hope for those, if that's what you want, that you find that and you come back stronger from it. Right, Doc? Absolutely. Well, genuinely, we know this was a bit of a heavier episode, but it's a very, very important episode. And I am so grateful for the doc because there were so many things like when you said that thing about like talking to people ahead of time about I might be having trouble. I was just like, wow, yowza. But it's so true. And uh, I'm really, really grateful for you. Grateful for everything that you do for so many. And uh, hopefully this episode brought you a little bit of pleasure. You had a little laugh, but also may have helped a few of you out there through uh, difficult times. So again, if you are struggling with that, please find yourself a therapist. Find someone to talk to. It really does help. And uh, thank you, Doc, again, for everything. And we will be talking to you all next week. Bye, Doc. Happy birthday, Jeremiah. Too late. (laughs) This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Feldstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.